Go with me to the book of Revelation, please. Thanks be to God. You know, the more uh, you develop spiritually, the more you grow up, the more you are aware of the Lord's workings. The more carnal you are and the more of a, a baby Christian, or if you're not born again, you don't think anything's happening. You, you, you don't think, you know, there are people that say, well, prove to me that God exists. There's no, no proof of God's existence. That's being pitifully ignorant. God's proof of existence is the breath in your lungs, the creation you stand on. The proof of his existence is everywhere. People say, well, no, you know, all this just sprang into existence on its own. That's not science. That's a belief. People say, well, I, I just can't believe in God like you do. That's not true either. Belief is a choice. And when you choose to believe, people say sometimes, you know, well, prove to me and I'll believe. That's not how it works. You believe, then you understand. That's how it works. You choose to believe before you understand, and then you understand. And, and Romans says that uh, the righteousness of God, who he is and, and how right he is and his right things, it's revealed from faith to faith. So the more you believe, the more you understand. This book is a closed book to an unbeliever. But the more faith you have, the more you see. <laughs> but you have to read it in faith, believing there are good things and light in there before you see them. Anybody with me, friends? And to get the most out of this message today, whether you know me or not. It would help if you believed I'm going to preach something good before you ever hear it. <laughs> and you know, you know, this is true too. If you're really in faith looking to the Lord to talk to you, give you answers and direction, even if I made mistakes, even if I said something that was wrong, he could show you what was right. He could give you three verses while I'm talking why what I'm saying is wrong and help you out, which is why I need to study and get it right, too. <laughs> Revelation, the 11th chapter. The reason I'm saying that is because uh, there are folks that Sometimes they say, well, I, I didn't get a thing out of that. <laughs> and there are other people whose lives were changed. And they were in the same service. They heard the same message, and yet they didn't hear the same message. You can have ears to hear and not hear. Two people can be sitting side by side, hear the same things. One of them be bored, wish they had left halfway through, and the other one's life changed. Forever, miraculously. What was the difference? Choosing to believe, choosing to receive, being open. In Revelation 11th chapter and the uh, 17th verse, 11:17, he said, uh, We give you thanks, O Lord God Almighty, which are and was and are to come. Because you have taken to you your great power and have reigned. What's going on right now is very temporary. The earth in as it is now will not continue generation after generation in perpetuity. We're told what's going to happen. Sometimes people talk about saving the planet. Well, the planet's not going to be saved. <laughs> and it's not global warming that you need to be concerned about. It's global melting. Somebody said, melting? Yes. Read, read the book. Something's going to happen to our star. 
the sun and the elements, the, the surface of the earth is going to melt. That's not conjecture, it's scripture. And it's a choice whether you believe it or not. So, well, when's that going to happen? Because so and so, it might be a long, long time. Well, if the Lord says soon, that means soon. But to him, a thousand years is like a day. Right? So if you said something's going to happen soon and it happened in three days, you'd think that's accurate, right? Or you said it's going to happen soon and it happened in two weeks. Well, that'd be uh, 14,000 years. <laughs> God time. And it'd still be accurate that it's soon. One thing's for sure. Knows that nobody's lived any later than us right now. Right? Nobody's ever been closer to it than us right now. But if the Lord tarries his coming just, you know, his time, a few minutes, that's too long for us. We'll finish our life. We'll leave here. But the scripture says, this book of Revelation, God showed John and had it written down for the church for generations to come. So we could talk about it today. What's to come? What's going to happen? And he said, you've taken to your great power and have reigned. Verse 18, the nations were angry. Your wrath has come, the time of the dead, that they should be judged. And that you should give reward to your servants, the prophets, and to the saints, and to them that fear your name, small and great, and should destroy them which destroy the earth. There's coming after this time and season the, what we call the end of this and those that are believers are going to receive reward. The Lord talked a lot about this. Should we care? Yes. I mean if he talked to us about it, it must be important. He must want us to know. And this reward is going to be to who? The prophets, but not just the prophets, the saints. To who? All them that fear his name Small and great. Everybody that believes in the Lord and reverences Him and gives Him any of their life, you know, and as far as obeying Him and pursuing His will, is going to get reward. Does that include you? Come on, does that, huh? Does that include you? Should you be looking forward to it? Look with me in the uh, 22nd chapter, the last chapter. Revelation 22 and 12. One of the last things we hear from the Lord in the Word of God in the New Testament. He says, behold. Behold means look. Pay attention. I come quickly. Is he coming? Yes. He's coming. Peter talked about that there would be scoffers in the last days. They'd say, where is his coming? Generation has come and generation has gone. Well, we've already talked about that. A thousand years with him is like a day. He's coming. From his perspective, soon. I come quickly. And my reward is with me. Should that stir us? Should we care? Why did he tell us that? He said, I'm coming. I'm coming quickly. I'm bringing my reward with me. Should we go, oh, okay. <laughs> what, what should we? If we understood this, what would our response be? He's bringing his reward. He's bringing the reward. He's bringing the reward. Reward for who? For who? All them that fear him. Small and great. Said out loud, he's coming. He's coming. And he's bringing the reward. And he's bringing the reward. Should we care? Yes. Should we be stirred up? Yes. Now this reward is going to be what? To give to every man according as his work shall be. When I was uh, out of the country a few weeks ago, the Lord gave me this uh, gave me this revelation about this series that I've been teaching now. A lot, actually, of what I teach in the church, I've gotten while I've been gone. 
out on the road. And uh, the Lord gave me this phrase. And as I began to meditate on it, more of this came. Our righteousness is not based on what we do. Our reward is. <laughs> Our reward is based on what we do in this life. Now, like we talked uh, last a couple of weeks ago, this idea of people dying and going to, they call it the pearly gates. It's actually a gate made of a pearl. And meeting St. Peter, as they say, and seeing if they get to come in or not <laughs> by him weighing their good works versus their bad works and they get the thumbs up or the thumb down. <laughs> that's junk. Yes, it has nothing to do with reality. No, there's not going to be any analysis at the gate to see whether you get in or not. Your and my salvation is not based on our works. Did you hear me, friends? Our righteousness, the best we could produce, was not good enough to save us. So the only way we could be saved is for Jesus to come and take our place and pay the price. He took our sin and was judged in our place so we could receive his righteousness. Hallelujah. And be blessed in his place. Substitution. That's why it's called the good news. It's the best news because it's the best trade that's ever been made. So it's the best news that's ever been heard. If you believe on Jesus, if you've received him as your Lord and Savior, if you're counting on what he did for you to be saved, then you are saved. Your name is written in the Lamb's book of heaven. And there's not going to be any debate when you leave here if you're saved or if you're not. But your reward is another thing. Your reward is not based on that. Your reward is based on what you did in this life. Now we live in a generation that doesn't like that kind of thing. They like no fault religion. No matter what happens. It's not my fault. Right? No responsibility. <laughs> doesn't matter. But it's just not reality. And when it comes to reward, what we do in this life is what it's based on. See, it's a little bit quiet, isn't it? <laughs> Let me say it again so we're real clear. Our righteousness is not based on what we do. It's Jesus' righteousness. It's based on what he did. It's a free gift. He gave it to us. Our salvation is not based on what we do. Our reward is based on what we do. Go with me over to uh, Matthew, the 16th chapter. Thanks be to God. Jesus talked, and we, we went into this a couple of weeks ago. Jesus talked much about the reward. And one thing that we got into is in Matthew and other places, he talked about if you do it with a right heart, you get a reward. If you do it to be seen of men, you don't even get a reward. It's possible to do a bunch of good things and not get any reward. It depends on what your heart was, what your motive was. So your heart makes all the difference in these things, and only the Lord knows our hearts. He is the heart knower, and the Word of God discerns between spirit and soul and joint and marrow, and He is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So it is extremely important why we do what we do. It determines whether we get a reward or not. It's possible to give a lot of money and to do a lot of needful things 
And maybe people were benefited from it, but not get any reward for it in or past this life from the Lord. It's also possible to do a number of things that nobody ever knew about on this earth, but get great reward past this life. It's about the heart. In uh, Matthew 16 and verse 18, Jesus said this, Matthew 16, 18, he said to Peter, upon this rock, and he had just previously talked about him being the, uh, the Messiah and the Christ, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The Lord in this time now, while the, the earth lasts and while human beings are being born down here and generations are coming and going, he is building his church. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. His kingdom includes his church. And the way his church is built is that people that are lost and don't know him, they're born again. And really, all lost people are potential building materials. <laughs> and once people get in, they need to be fed. And they need to develop. And they need to grow up in him. And this is building his church. Now, if we want reward, then we want to participate in what he's doing in the earth. And what is he doing in the earth? One of the big things he's doing is building his church. And what he builds, hell cannot overcome. It's forever. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. The Bible talks about that Jesus is the chief cornerstone and the, uh, the tr- he is the way, the truth, and the light and the life and the apostles of the Lamb. Uh, Peter and Paul, the ones we read the scriptures from, God used them to help lay the foundation of the church. And then since then, that church which is compared to a building is continuing to be built. Now I don't know what floor we're on now. But it's a big church. I said it's a big church. Millions upon millions. But that's not so big when you realize the population is billions upon billions. And Jesus said it was relative few that would be saved. Look with me in 1 Corinthians, the third chapter. Now I'm taking some time and laying a foundation on this, but please don't think that this is not something you're interested in. Well, what difference will this make with me, Brother Keith? Huge. It'll make a difference in how you live. How you spend your remaining days. There's a vast difference between just living life and biding your time until you get out of here. Versus being an active participant in building what God is building. Finding out why you were born. And where your graces and abilities do the most good. And making a difference in accomplishing God's will and God's plan. Of which he's going to acknowledge you after this life. And reward you. There's some words. Some of the greatest Sweetest words you could ever hear in your life. You know what they are? Well done. Oh, somebody. Somebody believe this besides me? Well done. Good. And faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I'm going to make you ruler over many things. Does that sound like reward? Is that reward? I'm going to make you ruler over many things. And we're talking about past this life. 
where you don't get old and you don't get tired and you don't wear out and you can just go and go and go. You got a body that'll keep up with your spirit. You got a body just like the Lord's resurrected, glorified body. I'm quoting scripture. What's happening right now is the briefest, shortest thing we will ever do. Even if you live a hundred years, it's a blink of an eye compared to eternity. But it is so vital, it affects what happens next. It affects your place and your reward. Now, I know not everybody thinks that way or believes that way, which is why I'm going to give you scriptures. I've already given you some. I'm going to give you more scriptures. Mom, I'm going to give you so many scriptures. You may say, please, Brother Keith, that's, that's enough scriptures. And then I'm going to give you some more. Why? Because it'll change how you live. It'll change how you think about waking up in the morning. What am I doing? Ah, just killing time. <laughs> ah, you know, just living. Just Most people, they wake up in the morning, they act like they're going to do this forever. And you're not. Just a few more days, you're going to be out of here. And that's not something to be afraid of if you're a believer. Because to depart and be with Christ is far better than being here, but this time is precious. You are on the front lines of what God is doing in the earth. You're down here in the thick and ugly. You're down here in the curse and the darkness, but you're not a part of it. You're in it, but you're not a part of it. You're God's light. In this dark place. Come on, are you or not? You're you're God's light. In this dark place. Hallelujah. And the scripture said, endure hardness as a good soldier. Realize why we're here. We're, We're here not to just go through life. We're here to accomplish something. We're here to help build what he's building. And do what he's doing. And then get out of here. Do our tour of duty. And then blow this popsicle stand. (laughs) You don't want to stay here forever. No, you don't. But you don't want to leave too quick. And you don't want to waste the precious time we have down here. The devil's a liar. He'll tell you, you don't matter. People would be better off if you were gone. He's a liar. He's a liar. We need everybody in their place doing what they're supposed to be doing. We need everybody. Jesus said, the harvest is great. The laborers are too many? No. Few. 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 We need everybody. Everybody. We we got too many people goofing off. (laughs) We need folks to show up for work. Right? Report for duty. 1 Corinthians 3, did you get there? Thanks be to God. This, uh, the atmosphere of this world is deception. We are literally swimming in deception in this environment. And uh, it is so easy to let yourself be deluded into just bumbling through life with no sense of purpose, no awareness of what comes next, no awareness of who you are, what's supposed to be going on, only to realize when it's too late and you're breathing your last that you wasted your whole life. The Lord said this to me some years ago. He said, uh, I don't mean to heard an audible voice, but inside me very distinctly, he said, most of the world is either dead or asleep. 
He's talking about spiritually. If you hadn't been born again, you're spiritually dead. Well, if you're spiritually dead, how aware are you if you're dead? He said most of the world is either dead or asleep. Well, asleep means you're alive, but you're acting like you're dead. (laughs) I mean, if you're in a deep, deep sleep from a distance, you would look dead. No movement, no awareness, no activity. That's why the scripture says, awake, thou that sleepest, rise from the dead. Christ will give you light. Most of the world is either dead or asleep spiritually. That means they have no idea what's going on, why they're here, what they should be doing, where they're going, what's coming next. But there are some, a relative few, but there are some who are alive and awake. Oh, come on, do you believe it? Some who are alive and awake. Say it out loud. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Alive and awake. What does that mean? You've been born again. You're not spiritually dead. You're not separated from God. You're connected with God. You've got light and you've got life. And you're awake. You are aware. You're aware every day. You're aware that God is in you. He's talking to you. He's leading you. He's got a plan for your life. There's something to be done today. There's something for me to do today. Not just only natural things that get me through life, but there's something spiritual that I can do. Praying, believing, speaking, working on a team, helping a mission project go. Come on, are you with me? There's, there are things you can do if you want to do it. But you can also get lulled into this deception that covers the planet and go to sleep and just bumble through life until you've wasted precious years. We prayed a prayer a couple of weeks ago. And if you weren't with us, you can join us in this prayer. We asked the Lord to help us redeem our remaining time. Right? You can't do anything about yesterday, yesterday or last year. But I want to promise to pray it again. Either reaffirm that prayer, or if you weren't with us, you're praying it for the first time. Say it out loud. Father God, Father God I, believe I believe I'm here, I'm here for, a for a reason. Help me, Help me to redeem, redeem my remaining time, my remaining time. Not, waste not waste it. Show me what is, me what is. The, highest the highest and best use, and best use. of my time. My talents, my treasure, that I may receive a full reward, and your will be done, and many be helped. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Do you believe that? If you prayed it in faith, expect Him to show you. Now, now what some of that will look like is that you'll get a revelation maybe tomorrow. Maybe Tuesday evening something will be going on and the Lord will help you see that's a waste of time. Right? Cut that out. This thing that I mentioned to you three years ago, go back to that and start doing that. Get back involved in that again. That's important. That's kingdom stuff. That's kingdom business. This is a waste of time. This is important. This is not important. You'll see it. You'll be made aware. You'll be because you're alive. And awake. But when you see something, don't ignore it. Don't procrastinate a long time because that's how you can get lulled back to sleep and let it let it get past you. First Corinthians three and eight. He says, Now he that plants and he that waters are one. And actually this is King James uh, an interesting thing here if you study the original. He's saying that one is as important as the other. Now you don't get that just from a cursory reading of the King James, but look into it more and you'll see what I'm talking about. The one that waters is just as important as the one that planted. And every man shall receive his own reward. Shall do what? Who will receive? 
Every man according to what? According to what? His own labor or work. Our reward is based on our work. (laughs) True or not? Not our righteousness, but our reward is based on what we do. Verse 9. For we are laborers together with God. God has a company. God and sons. Are y'all with me? (laughs) And ladies, I'm not leaving you out. Sons in the scripture, there are male sons and female sons. We are laborers together with God. Now, here's the amazing thing. God purposely included us. I mean, he's the almighty. There are different ways he can do things. Was it really necessary to include us in all these things? It's his plan. It's how he does it. He has chosen not to do it without us. There are things he wants done, but he wants you to do it. He didn't want someone else to do it. He wants you to do it. (laughs) And your grace to do it, whether you know it or not. We are, come on, say it out loud. We are are workers together together with with God. He said, you are God's husbandry. You are God's building. So he uses two natural examples to help us to understand what's going on. And this is part of this spiritual awareness and being awake. We already read the Lord's building his church. Verse 10. According to the grace of God which is given to me as a wise master builder. Now Paul was graced and anointed as an apostle. A sent one. And God gave him foundational doctrine. We're actually preaching from it right now. The Lord used him to pen 1 Corinthians. And this was his part of building the church of God and the building of God. It'd be like coming in. You know, Phyllis and I were looking at some things. Uh, somebody gave us a book of some things uh, in, in about a city in Europe. And I was looking at some of the cathedrals, and uh, a number of those cathedrals, they started building them and finished them four, five, six hundred years later. They worked on them. Well, that means the people that started to work had died long ago when it was finished. But they're all working on the same building. Well, depending on if it was multiple floors, and of course it's, it keeps getting bigger too, it's possible if you were a, a carpenter, let's say, working on this building, and you are a fourth generation carpenter, it's possible on your way to go to your area of work today that you could run your hand along the mahogany work that your great-great-great-grandfather did. Can you see this? And you now go up to the next floor or the next floor and are building on the foundation of what your great 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 grandfather worked on. Come on, can you see this? Is this amazing or is this amazing? This is the body of Christ. Others have labored and we've entered into the fruits and results of their labors. Generations before us have preached and prayed and believed and people were saved and people were built up and then they left and another generation came along. Well, this is our time. I said, this is our time. This is our hour right now. And it's just a blip on the radar. Oh, we don't need to waste years of it. We're here. What are we supposed to be doing? We can thank God for the beautiful work that was done on the foundation. We can can look at the chief cornerstone. 
And no, if it wasn't for that, there wouldn't be no building. Is that right? If it wasn't for Jesus, there is no building. And then we can look at the beautiful work of Paul and Peter and his foundational work. And we can look at the the first century and the second century. We, We can look at the successive work. But we shouldn't just stand there and ooh and ah. We should get our tools. Come on, we we should get our tools. And we should go to our part and work on the building. There's a song about that, isn't it? Working on the building. It's an old song. We should work on our part. He said, according to the grace of God, which is given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds their own. Well, actually, that's us today. Whatever you think about the work, I'm working on something right now. (laughs) The churches, Faith Life Church, More Life Ministries, Faith School, what are we doing? We're building something. Is that right? We're endeavoring to to build up, to get new materials, right? Work so that this edifice rises higher and greater. Because when it's done, when the last living stone is sealed in place by the Holy Spirit and, and the work is complete, he's coming back. I said he's coming back. I've laid the foundation and other builds thereon. But let every man take heed how he builds thereupon. Verse 11. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. We're not laying the foundation of the church every generation. Or the foundation of the doctrine of the New Testament. That has been laid. That doesn't change. We're building on that. Other foundation can no man lay than that that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. He is the chief cornerstone. Verse 12, if any man build on this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones. Now, hold on. This must be a nice church. Right? This is not just laminates. <laughs> gold. Somebody say gold. 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 Silver. Silver. Precious stuff. What's precious stones? Diamonds. Emeralds. Rubies. Right? Sapphires. Wood. Hay. Stubble. Now, that don't sound too good. Hay. We, we don't need to be making things out of hay. In the church of the Lord. Every man's work shall be made manifest. That is, it will be revealed. Everybody's work is going to be revealed and shown and made known. For the day shall declare it. Because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. Everything we do down here is going to be tested later. Verse 14, if any man's work abide, that is, abide the testing of the fire. Well, let's just stop right here. He just got through saying, we're going to see it in a moment further. But what if you put heat to gold? You put gold in the fire. It's still going to be gold. Is that right? Silver still going to be silver. What if you put hay in the fire? Uh-oh. Is that right? Uh-uh. No. If any man's work abide which he has built thereon, he shall receive a reward. Come on, say, he shall receive a reward. Receive say it again. He shall receive, he shall receive a, reward. a reward. Who's going to receive a reward? Whoever is working on the building whose work passes the fire test. He'll receive a reward. Verse 15. If any man's work shall be burned or burned up, he will suffer loss. 
What does that mean? All the work and effort he put into it is gone. No reward. He worked. She worked. They sweated. Might have built a big pile of stuff. Might have been well known when they lived. But if it wasn't built from a right heart or by the direction of the Lord, it's just wood, hay, and stubble. And you'll suffer the loss. The time you spent on it in your life will have been wasted and lost. But he himself shall be saved. And this is what we've been talking about already, right? Why? Because your righteousness and salvation is not based on your works. So even if you really messed up in this life and all the stuff you did was just a bunch of hay and it went up in a puff of smoke when it got tested, you're still saved. I said you're still saved. Oh, somebody didn't hear that. You're still saved. You just don't get the reward that you could have got. But you're still saved. Come on, Sam. Still saved. Still saved. So next time the enemy tries to mess with you, put him in his place. If he tries to say, well, you didn't receive your healing, or, or you, didn't, you didn't get that bill paid, or, or you didn't get this, get that. You say, hey, I'm saved. How about you? <laughs> I mean, if I didn't receive anything else and I left here today, I'm saved. My name's in the Lamb's book of life. I'm saved. But just because you know that doesn't mean you shouldn't even try. Doesn't mean you should just slide through life. Because if you love the Lord, you want to please Him. Is that right? And if He's got a plan for you and He wants you to do something, then you want to know what that is. And you want to do that. And you want to do it with all your heart. And if you do it with all your heart, there's going to be some gold things that were produced in this life. Some silver things. Some precious stone things. And when the fire flashes over it, then the fire goes away, it'll be gleaming. Because all the fire did was make it brighter. Hallelujah. And that's when you're here. Well done. Well done. You, you listen to me on some things. It doesn't even have to be everything. He said a few things. Oh, you did you get that or not? He said, you've been faithful. He didn't say you've been faithful over everything. He said, he said oh, I, I don't know about you, but that has comforted me many times. <laughs> he didn't say you've been faithful over everything. He said, you've been faithful with a few things. Come on, anybody that's trying can get it right with a few things in the course of a whole lifetime of a hundred, right? I mean, if you don't get it right with a few things, you're not trying. You're just not even trying. <laughs> You've been faithful with a few things. I'm going to make you ruler over many things. That's the exact language. Over many things. What kind of thing? That's past this life. Well, there are things in the next life that you can be ruler over. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And remember, you won't be tired. You won't be sick. You won't be old. Every day when you start your day, you can go, I got to take care of my things. I got to rule over my things. My eternal reward. I don't believe you're just going to be sitting on a cloud, strumming a harp. (laughs) You, You got to figure... I'd get boring after a thousand years, right? I mean, I think they'd be boring after two two days. No, there will be kingdom activity of which you are a vital working part. You and I will be ruling and reigning with him in his eternal kingdom. And we'll be reigning over the specific things he made us ruler of. Are you getting stirred at least a little bit? Are you, huh? 
Can you see a reason why to talk about this? And teach you about it. Would it affect the way you live? It affects how you think when you get up in the morning. What am I going to do with my life? Whether I'm just biding time. Or whether I'm looking to accomplish something. We got a building to build. Is that right? I, I, I never said that before. But I saw that when I was preaching on it just a moment ago. I saw running your hands over the mahogany work that previous generations built in the church of God. Admiring it. It's it's, it's lasting and it's brighter after all these years. Looking at the gold work. Looking at the silver work. Looking at the uh, precious stones. But don't just hang around and look at that. Because this thing's not done. Is that right? Get your tools, buddy. Get your tools, sister. Get in there and do your part. Do your part. Keep, Keep reading. Let me me back up to verse 12 again. If any man build on this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be manifest, for the day shall declare it. There's coming a day when it'll be revealed and tested past this life. It'll be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try or test or prove every man's work of what sort it is. It won't make any difference what you thought about it or what I thought about it or what a lot of people in our generation thought about it. The Lord's going to test it. And if it was just a bunch of stuff by men that wasn't out of a heart of love and faith, it wasn't by the direction of the Lord, it'll be consumed. If any man's work abide, which he has built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. But he himself will be saved, yet so as by fire. The reward will not be equal, but it will be fair. Is everybody with me? Equal is not always fair. And we live in a generation that, that don't believe that, don't like that. But God doesn't distribute everything equally. Your reward's going to be what? According to what? It's not going to be exactly like mine or the person in front of you, behind you. They're not going to be the same. They're going to vary according to what you put into it. And how many understand? If we all got exactly the same equal reward and somebody loved God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength and gave everything they had to him for 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 years and another person just wiled away their time and didn't care, wouldn't even go to church, wouldn't even try to do his will, how is it fair for them to get the equal reward? That's not fair. You see why I say equal is not the same as fair. Now, go with me, if you would, to uh, we're here in 1 Corinthians in the 15th chapter. And uh, I think we'll close with this. While you're going there, put on the screen for me, please, Luke 19 and 24. Jesus told the parable of the, what we call the talents or the pounds. And, uh, you know, two of the individuals took what they had and used it and multiplied it. And one of them hid what the Lord gave him. And the Lord said here in verse 24, take from him the pound and give it to him that has the ten pounds. Is that equal? Now we got one guy that's got nothing and another guy that's got 11. Is that fair? It's not equal. It is fair. They said to him, verse 25, they said, Lord, he has 10 pounds. In other words, he already has 10. You going to give him the other one? Yes. Why? Because he knows what to do with it. The other guy had opportunity. Wouldn't do anything with it. Wouldn't even try. 
So it wouldn't be fair for him to get the same reward as somebody who did believe and really tried. He said, I say to you, to everyone that has shall be given from him. And from him that has not, even that which he has will be taken away from him. See, there are people that try to tell us, well, no, God, if his will is perfectly done, everything would be completely equally distributed. That's not true. It's not going to be that way in heaven. Now, he is, he will give you equal opportunity. Is that right? And depending on what you do with the opportunity is what kind of reward you get. Doesn't matter where you come from, who knows you, who doesn't know you, your background, none of that matters. He's looking at your heart and what you do with the opportunity. And if you're faithful in a small thing, he'll give you more. In Daniel, you're holding your place there in in 1 Corinthians 15. See how I did that? I had you turn to one, but I got three in by by reading them. See, it's kind of slick, wasn't it? You still got 1 Corinthians though, right? Just hold it. Daniel 12 and 2 tells us what's coming. Many that sleep in the dust shall awake. There's coming a resurrection of the dead. Some to everlasting life. Some to shame and everlasting contempt. And they that be wise. Those that were wise in this life. They will shine as the brightness of the firmament. And they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. Somebody say glory to God. The Amplified says it like this. Those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the firmament. And those that turn many to righteousness will give forth light like the stars forever and ever. The Lord told Abraham as he looked up into the night sky that his seed would be like the stars. And you see us compared to stars. Yes. And in 1 Corinthians 15, which you're so patiently holding, <laughs> verse 39 talks about this. Is this New Testament? 1 Corinthians 15, 39, all flesh is not the same flesh. This, if you believe the Bible, this repudiates evolution. What do you mean? Well, the theory, theory of evolution is that us, we evolved from a single cell organism. Out of the water, grew legs, came up on shore, (laughs) grew a tail, lost her scales, tail fell off, stood up, and became a man. That's science. Sadly, it is taught for science in our schools. It's a theory. It's not proven science. You know why there are still missing links? Because they're non-existent links. Now the Bible says this. All flesh is what? Not the same flesh. There's one kind of flesh of men. Another kind of flesh of beasts. Another kind of uh, fishes. Another kind of birds. Birds don't become fish. Ever. Never have. Never will. If you believe the Bible. And if you say, well, I don't believe it, prove it. Not a theory, prove it. You can't. You can't show where any of these are happening right now. No. Why? Because God created different creatures to begin with, and they don't become other creatures, they adapt. They change, they adapt, they don't turn into different creatures. Verse 40, there are celestial bodies and bodies terrestrial. Friends, you ought to be getting stirred up about this because what you got right now is terrestrial. (laughs) 
It is, however, going to be changed into celestial. Millennia from now, I may see you and go, you look celestial today. (laughs) But the glory of the celestial is one. The glory of the terrestrial is another. There's one glory of the sun and another glory of the moon and another glory of the stars. For one star differs from another star in glory. Now, from our perspective, looking into space, we know there are some stars, from our perspective, are so faint you can barely see them. There are others that are bright. And it's because of distance. It's also because of size. Some stars are much bigger and brighter and hotter than others. Why is he talking to us about this? Verse 42. So also is the resurrection of the dead. What does that mean? We are going to differ in glory like stars differ. Hallelujah. Not equal. Some stars are brighter than others. But fair. Fair. Righteous and just. We are beings of light. It doesn't appear what we are right now. You, you don't just look at us and go, whoo, celestial. Whoo, son of God. Light. You don't, you don't see it right now. But we are. I said, we are, we are in our infancy. Even if you're a hundred years old, you're in your infancy. But past this life, this body affected by the curse and death is going to be changed. If you read the rest of this chapter, that's what he's talking about. In a moment of time, twinkling of an eye, this mortal is going to become immortal. Oh, hallelujah. And... The light that is in you is going to radiate out. You know, even under the old covenant, Moses hung out with God for a few days. Is that right? And when he came out of there, his face shined like a flashlight. It scared everybody. They had to put a cloth over his head so they just wouldn't freak out when they're talking to him. Well, that would be distracting. Is that what you're trying to talk to somebody and this light is just <laughs> blasting out of their face? You go, whoa, you know, turn, look over there. <laughs> it is a revelation of things to come. It was a type and shadow. How many believe when you see Jesus, you will see light? You know, I, I've studied uh, uh, longevity and life after death experiences for a number of years now. I, I find it interesting the the commonality you'll see of people who lived different times, different parts of the country, different cultures, even different religions. And one of the common things you'll see, people said when they died, if they got them back, of course if you didn't get them back, you don't know, but if you got them back, <laughs> many of them said, I saw a light. I saw a light. You, you ever heard that before? Man, there was this bright bright light. It was so warm. It was so, well, one day I was reading that and God said, yeah, I'm light. Is he or not? God is light. That's what he is. Well, guess what? You are also light. You're a light being, a light child of, of the God who is light. And The glory will differ past this life of what God has worked in you in this life and the reward he adds to you past this life. We'll differ in glory like the stars. Man, if you believed this, it'd change the way you see life and the way you see the rest of the life. Stand on your feet if you would, please. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. 
For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.